Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, and whatever part of the day you're in, I sure do appreciate you joining me, as always. For those of y'all that continue to tell other people about the podcast, share it with others, thank you so much. Y'all help the podcast to grow for sure. And so I'm I'm very grateful for that. For those of y'all that are continuing to support over on Patreon, financially the podcast, thank you very much. I don't think I have a whole lot else. Might get a little rain sometime in the next few days, which would be nice. Garden definitely needs it. And the puppy dog found something to tear into the other day. I can't remember what anymore, so it must not have been horrible. Although she did rip an entire sack of mulch open and has decided that that is her bed now. And yeah, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the many blessings which you bestow upon this nation. Thank you for the time to record this podcast and the people that listen to it. Thank you for the time that you're giving us to try and turn our nation around. Forgive us each our sins, Lord, individually. Forgive us our sins, our many sins as a nation. The sins that we have of going against your will, of condemning the just and praising and condoning evil. Guide our steps through each day. Help us to seek you first, always. To love you with all that we are. To love our neighbors as ourselves. Help us to get our priorities in order each day. To focus on what's truly important. Help us to help those that have less than we do. Watch over our leaders from our president, vice president on down, senators, representatives, admirals, generals, judges. Give them wisdom and courage and a strong faith. Watch over our enemies, Lord. Draw them closer to you. Heal the wounds that are in this nation. But either way, help us to trust in you. And give me the words you want me to speak. In your son's name we pray, amen. I'm reminded here of Second Chronicles chapter 7. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their evil ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Pretty golden opportunity there, folks, for us, if we will 
if we will take advantage of it. We seem to be a little hesitant to do that um, out of fear of what others might say or do to us, which is reasonable, I suppose. But God doesn't say much about that. He just says, do my will. And so we need to. If we have any hope of turning this thing around. We're going to get back into a few more comments today. Particularly, we're kind of focused, I guess we kind of always do to a certain degree, but our choices, right? The choices we make in our marriage, the choices we make uh, in our families, in our schools, communities, they all matter very much. The choices we make each day on how to spend our time. I'm reminded as we sit here and talk of C.S. Lewis's comment that we're either becoming a little more like Christ or the devil with each decision we make. We turn just a little bit more the way he described it. We turn toward one or the other just a little bit more with every decision we make. And this includes <clears throat> voting and who we choose to govern us and how we choose to be governed. And we've talked a number of times about different quotes. I go back to John Jay's quote, our first Supreme Court Chief Justice always or often. Uh, you know, if we're not choosing Christian men for our rulers, then we have only ourselves to blame. We have a duty to choose them and, and we have a privilege to choose them. Um, so we're going to go, this is October the 11th, 1798, uh, President John Adams addressing the military. We have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. Avarice, ambition, revenge, or gallantry would break the strongest cords of our constitution as a whale, as a whale goes through the net. Our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. And before I talk about that just a second, if you have any doubt that Adams is talking about the Christian religion, this is a comment Thomas Paine had kind of started to make some pretty nasty comments about Christianity. Uh, this was July 26, 1796. And John Adams wrote this in his diary. The Christian religion is, above all the religions that ever prevailed or existed in ancient or modern times, the religion of wisdom, virtue, equity, and humanity. Let the blackguard, pain, say what he will. It is resignation to God. It is goodness itself to man. And so when you hear John Adams talking about a moral and religious people, he's talking specifically about a Christian people, a people that follow the principles of Jesus Christ. And that's what everything comes back to every time, folks. If we don't have that at the core, it's talking to 
my father recently who taught from most of his professional career, almost all of it, and taught in public education. And we were talking about the school choice wave that seems to be sweeping the country. And he's a little more reserved about it than I am. I'm very encouraged by it in a limited sense. But we both agreed, school choice or not, even with it, if we don't have God and Jesus Christ at the center of our education system, of the education of our youth, Benjamin Rush talked about this, many others talked about it. If we don't have the principles of Christ at the center of teaching our youth, then we're going to raise a generation without religion and morality because they're tied together. George Washington spoke on this. A number of people have. And if we don't have that, then our government can't deal with it. As Adam said, we have a government that's incapable of contending with those human passions when they're unbridled by morality and religion. And that's what we see today. You see it on the left time and time and time again. If people won't choose to act right on their own, our government, the reason that we're failing as a nation, as a republic, as a society, is because we don't have people who can control themselves because they follow the principles of God, Jesus Christ. We have a people that have become more and more secular, less and less moral. Our character is declining over and over and over again. And that's just a little side note here. We talked about this recently, but I'm struck by it again. The Bible verse that says, don't be misled or don't be confused or deceived, I think is the word in a couple of translations. Bad company corrupts good character, good morals. And, and it's so apparent with our children today, we've taken this principle of inclusion to the extreme. And we think if we mix the bad kids in with the good, that the good kids are going to bring them up. And we think this in society too. And sadly, you see it in marriages often too. You have marriages where you have one spouse or the other of high character and the other spouse is much lower. And sometimes on an individual basis, you, you do pull those kids, those people of low character up. But if you're around bad company constantly, and this really includes for our children today, how much time they spend online on screens, TV, phones, iPads, whatever it is, and, and their friend groups at school, if they're constantly inundated with bad company, bad character, it's going to corrupt their good morals, their good character. And you see that. And so what happens is you end up lowering the good qualities of spouses, of children of friends, you, you end up lowering that to the lowest common denominator. 
especially when you cater to that, like we do in public schools, we make the laws, we make the academic standards, we're making everything, the rules to the lowest common denominator instead of holding the higher standard. Now, if you have a kid that, that maintains that high standard, or if you have a spouse that maintains that high standard, then eventually maybe you will bring up the lower standard, the lower character to that level. But the, the problem is when you try and force association constantly, when most of the hours are spent in forced confinement almost, you're going to start to lower because everybody's human and they get worn out. And this is especially true if you don't have, which we don't have in public school and a lot of our marriages don't, if you're not injecting every day, just like John Adams said here when he was talking about the Constitution and the government, if you're not injecting more of Christ into your life every day, into the lives of these students, into your marriage each day, then you are taking in the rest of the world. Then you're going to become, like C.S. Lewis said, you're going to have a net gain of bad instead of good. You're going to have a net move toward the devil instead of toward Christ. And it just makes sense. You, you, you've got to have more positive than negative coming in. Whatever the scenario is, you've got to have more positive than negative. So, you know, if we were still in a situation where we had Christ-centered education, like we used to, like our founders talked about, and you mixed those good and bad kids, and they were getting that injection of Christian principles in each classroom, throughout the day, then yeah, you would have a pretty good chance probably of raising those lower kids up to that standard. If you've got a marriage that's struggling and you constantly inject Jesus Christ into that marriage, then yeah, you've got a chance of lifting up that lower character, lower quality spouse rather than coming down. And this is true of friends. It's true of uh, business, it's true in our country. This is what John Adams was talking about. But you've got to have that injection of Christ. It's why it's so imperative. It doesn't matter if every single state in the union passes universal school choice. If that doesn't lead back to a Christ-centered education, we've just at best delayed the inevitable. We haven't started to retrace our steps to turn around, right? See if I can find a couple more here. We'll go through today. This is Well, I thought I had one, but now I can't find it. <laughs> oh, there we go. This is from Benjamin Franklin, April 17th, 1787. Only a virtuous people are capable of freedom. As nations become corrupt and vicious, they have more need of masters. There's also, and I can't find it, a question to Franklin uh, after they passed the 
think it was at the end of the Constitutional Convention, well, what do we have? And he said, a republic, if we can keep it. And so you see here, even one of the founders that are people like to try and show off as an example of deists or anti-Christian. And he's making the same comment. And when you read some more of Franklin's writings, you see that regardless of whether he was a deist or even a atheist, although that becomes almost impossible to believe when you actually read his own words, you see that he had a Christian worldview. Again and again in his commentary, he pulled and a number of his speeches pulled in Bible verses, talked about, I think one of the ones he used, one of my favorite ones from Psalms talked about, unless the Lord is on the wall with the watchman, the watchman, you know, they watch in vain. And so he's saying here, if, if we don't have a virtuous people, if we don't choose to do the right thing on our own, then we can't have freedom. We're not capable of it. And as we become more corrupt and vicious, you can't help thinking about the riots over the last few years, BLM, Antifa, and just the, the shootings, the violence that we continue to see, the beatings that you see recorded on TikTok and Facebook and Instagram and shared and, and just this continued decline morally of our culture the babies born out of wedlock the divorce uh, the lgbtq growth transgenderism right you, you can't help but see the corruption the viciousness well and, and so what do you need you have to have a master uh, that goes back to the quote uh, lord i cannot remember right now maybe robert winthrop but i'd have to go back and look talking about we're either going to be ruled by something we, we can either rule ourselves right by following the principles of christ or we're going to be ruled by somebody else we can either be ruled by the bible or the bayonet so we're going to either choose to be ruled by god or we're going to be ruled by force we saw that overseas i've talked about that a couple times when uh, sodom hussein was evicted as as horrible as he was, and he was horrible. I'm not defending him at all. It's just simply an observation. When he was deposed, it left this huge vacuum. Those people didn't know how to be governed other than by force. And you, you really saw that a lot in these Muslim nations. And, and you see it historically there a lot. Uh, but any of these, these communist countries, uh, North Korea, China, Stalin, Lenin, uh, Hitler, these places where morality declined and corruption increased and violence increased and virtue declined, the people were required to be governed by an iron fist more and more because they couldn't control themselves. They couldn't govern themselves. And that's what Benjamin Franklin is talking about here. We, we're, we're incapable of freedom. That's why we're losing our freedoms today in this country, in our republic. And so if we're going to get back to the point where we have freedom, the first thing we've got to do, the first step has to be in our individual lives. But then in the way we express those individual lives publicly, it has to be turning back to Christ. You've got to inject more of Christ into your own personal life. You've got to make that decision first. And some people are going to follow you and some aren't. 
Your kids might, your spouse might, your parents might, your friends might, they might not. But that's not the point. That's not the question. You know, a lot of those prophets in the Old Testament stood alone, really alone. And so our job is to inject as much of Christ as we can into our lives to become more like him with a very reasonable hope that others will follow. So we'll talk some more about this next time. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.